It's time to get after it. You're going to jam your legs down and hyperextend your ankles and then shoot back up and lock your knees in place. Not one of those things sounds right to me. Upper Left Performers Podcast. I am your host, Jack Anderson. And today, it's our second edition of So You Want to Be a Strength Coach, a series in which I interview young strength coaches about their exploits in the field. How do they get into the field? Uh, what drew them to it? And how to best approach getting a full-time job in the field and navigate either graduate or undergraduate school and choosing uh, what schools might be best for them. This is something that I really wanted to put together because I don't feel like young strength coaches are being given the platform to um, help other young strength coaches go through the process, Who might those young strength coaches who might be a few years behind with all of this. Today, we are bringing in my buddy Kevin Ives. Kevin worked with me as the Assistant Director of Strength and Conditioning at the University of Mary Washington, uh, spent a couple of years working for the Wounded Warrior Project and in the private sector in Colorado following that, and in the meantime was studying his ass off to complete his prerequisites to get into grad school. This was an arduous process for Kevin. He was very, very meticulous about his selection, something that I was not when I applied for grad school. And so I thought it very important to get young strength coaches exposed to Kevin's thought process in picking Old Dominion University where he was just accepted. He'll be working as a teaching assistant there um, and likely doing some strength and conditioning on the side as well. Um, Kevin is a very good friend, an excellent athlete, spent time um, as a two-sport athlete, both at the Naval Academy and Towson University playing soccer and football. Um, he also was fortunate enough to walk on and make USA bobsled, um, coming up just short in a chance at representing the United States in 2014 at the Sochi Olympics. Kevin is a freak athlete, an excellent coach, an excellent teacher, and uh, quite frankly, does a great job uh, displaying all of that in this interview that we talk about here. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, my man, Kevin Ives. I haven't talked to this guy in, in well, on the phone a little bit here and there, but I haven't seen the, your face or hung out with you in a while, man. Um, Kevin Ives on the show, uh, my former former partner in crime at University of Mary Washington, now, now in Colorado, getting ready to start uh, grad school uh, coming up here too, man. How's it hanging? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's going great, and I think uh, last time you saw me, I I had the long hair, and then I chopped it all off uh, that one time right after the Super Bowl, and I think the last time you saw me, I had a buzz cut. Now I got back having long hair again. So um, yeah, it's probably been about two years since we've seen each other, uh, but I think we've done a good job staying in touch. Um, you know, definitely have grown a lot in the last couple of years. Um, actually, found out a, a few weeks ago I was offered admittance to Old Dominion University. Um, for their master's in exercise science program, um, something that you know I've been working for probably since I was at Mary Washington. Um, really, at that point, kind of made the decision, wanted to work in strength and conditioning, um, kind of was lacking a lot of the educational background from um, college, just majored in uh, something different, so kind of was working up, taking all those prerequisites, um, and then, yeah, I got offered the graduate assistant position, so I'd be working uh, under one of the professors there, Phil Sabatini, um, which, if you know, he's got a background in Olympic weightlifting. He's oh, taught yeah. dude, Leo Todd and East Coast Gold. Um, so I was able to meet Phil a few years ago when I was down in Norfolk prior to coming to Mary Washington. Um, so, yeah, definitely excited about the opportunity and uh, 
Um, we'll kind of see how this all shakes out in the next couple months with a lot of unknowns going on. <laughs> yeah, man, no, no doubt. You might be doing uh, a little bit of uh, remote school for the first few months. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, uh, but yeah, man, I, that is actually what I really wanted to hit on today. You're an, um, another in the, uh, the line of coaches I'm bringing in that are a little bit younger in the field. I mean, I myself is about the same age as you, but um, you're coming at this from, uh, you know, an extensive athletic background, which we'll get to in a minute, but you made the decision to switch over to strength and conditioning. We've kept in touch about getting you, um, you know, to where you want to go by taking the necessary prereqs and then, and then getting, you know, applying to the right grad schools and, and, uh, you know, ultimately getting accepted. And I wanted you to kind of go into that thought process you had trying to pick your school. Uh, and the reason I asked that is I, I think a lot of people uh, are young coaches or people that want to get into coaching. They either don't know what it entails because they don't have the experience. They have a preconceived notion of, of what strength and conditioning is and what they can do in the field. And then they, they you know, I know myself had those, those notions and then went and picked the school randomly almost. It felt like without enough preparation, you've obviously done completely the opposite. And I just kind of wanted to pick your brain on, uh, on your thought process in choosing your school and, and just, you know, setting a, embarking on that path a couple years ago. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, definitely a few things that I kind of thought about. Um, obviously, you know, having time to work while I was knocking out my prerequisites, I wasn't rushed into choosing a program. Um, so I really re did my research on the programs. And the big thing that really came down for me um, was having that ability to really cultivate relationships while I was at the university. Um, so almost if you really think about it, I was kind of coming from the approach, almost like I was kind of like a, like a high school athlete coming out um, and was looking to choose a college to go to. Um, so I was really looking for, um, you know, a place where I had a sense of community, um, a place where either I had prior relationships or connections through my athletics um, or, you know, just a place that, you know, felt comfortable to me. Um, I had kind of by my own doing, uh, had to go finish my undergrad online, uh, which was great. I finished through Grand Canyon University. Um, but really it's just kind of, you were just kind of going through finishing the classes, knocking it out. You were learning some things, but you didn't have that immersion. You didn't have that community learning aspect of that. So I know if, when I was starting to look at grad school programs, that was the main thing for me. Um, you know, being able to attend in person. Um, and then I really wanted that mentorship, which was something I felt like I was lacking um, from previous years, coaching experience, really wanted to immerse myself, have someone to kind of lead me the way, not to do the work for me, but to kind of just give me some guidance. If I had a question, being able to ask it right then and there in person and to get real-time feedback. Um, so for me, that kind of was a, a big component for that. Um, so I kind of nailed it down to five schools. Um, I was looking at East Tennessee State University, Old Dominion. Um, I was looking at Ithaca College up north. Uh, and then I was actually looking at a few out here in Colorado. Um, and then really just kind of felt comfortable with Old Dominion, felt comfortable with what I was going to be learning there. And then, like I said, coming back to the relationships, um, you know, prior being from Virginia, already kind of knowing some of the staff in there um, kind of made that an easy, easy decision for me. That's awesome, man. I, I really like that a, a ton. It sounds like you you hit all the necessary angles because I, I know for me now I'm I'm kind of looking into a doctoral program, like a PhD program, and and the one thing I think I learned from from my time, you know, looking for my master's degree was, like I said, I just kind of picked something where I did have some friends in the Buffalo area, and and that ultimately was a big reason why I chose Canisius. Well, that and the tuition waiver, but <laughs> but um, you know. I wish I had done my homework a little more on who was I was going to be directly working for 
on the academic side of things because let's not bullshit around. I mean, most of these exercise science programs have a lot of outdated information that hasn't been rethought through for a long time. And if you don't get with someone that's kind of a critical thinker and willing to, to, to move the needle along with you, um, you're not going to have the guidance you need to, to maybe have the understanding of the field that would be optimal for where we're going as a, as an industry, you know? Sure. Absolutely. And I think kind of coming back to that, I think kind of having work experience for myself, prior to coming and getting my educational or my formal educational experience in exercise science kinesiology really kind of is a benefit. Um, I had the opportunity, you know, played athletics at a high level team USA. So I got exposed to a broad range of training uh, in my early years, got introduced to some amazing coaches that owned a private gym up in Northern Virginia. Uh, so really kind of, even though I didn't understand a lot of the concepts that were being presented to me, I was getting presented with a lot of thought provoking concepts, which now that I've gone back and I've knocked out the prerequisite classes and I've done my own formal education, um, you know, podcasts, book readings, going to these lectures and seminars that kind of helped piece the gap for me. So now I feel like I'm going in a lot more prepared into this graduate program, even though it's not the traditional route. You know, I'm not 23, 24 heading into the grad program. I'm 31. Um, but with that, you know, I have a clear idea of what I want to get out of the program, what questions I want to get answered as I'm heading into that program. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable heading into it at this time. Um, and I think, you know, I'm probably most prepared than, you know, I would have been years ago. So looking forward to it. Yeah. That, that level of preparation, I think is something that younger coaches, you know, you talk about the 23, 24, maybe even younger. Um, you got to, I mean, there's no replacement for active experience where you're not just a passive observer in your internship. You're actively experiencing it and asking questions and moving the needle and challenging things in a dynamic, practical environment. Um, but the theoretical side is still important, man. And, and you know, I, I know you know that. And I think that um, young coaches, sometimes they don't put themselves in a situation where the theoretical side is really going to blossom for them because they're not around people that are thinking about it in that way. And I think, you like, again, I'm just going to hammer it home. You, you picked a spot where you're comfortable with Phil, who's going to be handling a lot of the academic side. And that's going to be a, 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 a huge help to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think also, too, you know, doing your research, if you're going to be looking at a school and, um, you know, a lot of times just in the profession that we work in, you know, you're going to be going to school and also working on the side. Um, so, you know, doing your due diligence and not only making those connections within the university, uh, but also making those connections in your surrounding area. Um, you know, so, for example, you know, I'm moving back or, you know, looking at, uh, you know, Norfolk, Virginia, um, you know, so starting to reach out to those area gyms, other affiliations. Um, I know there's a big tactical training presence down there in, in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, there's a few, you know, private sector gyms and stuff like that. So reaching out to them, you know, expressing your interest, kind of where you're at, what you like to learn, um, and, you know, kind of just getting your foot in the door and networking. I, I think that's kind of the big name of the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, doing those other things outside of just, you know, the school you're going to be as well. Yeah, and that's, that's I think, been a huge strength for both of us. We just have um, – I think we're both inquisitive people that, that try to find answers to the questions we have. And we're constantly challenging ourselves and asking questions. I think is great. Not to toot our own horn or anything, but, yeah, right. uh, but uh, yeah, not only that, but we're also um, not afraid to branch out and try different experiences. I mean, and you can go into yours right now, man, like 
you're you're even beyond me because I, I don't have the strongest athletic background. And meanwhile, you're over there doing elite whatever the fuck, you know, all the time. Yeah. So, so um, I think just, just the fact that you have such a breadth of experiences to choose from uh, just shows, I think, some of these younger coaches that they need to go out there and just start experiencing things, you know? Yeah, and I think for me, I think, uh, you know, it really talks to, uh, you know, find your own route. Doesn't I know a lot of coaches preach, you know, you don't have to go the traditional route, and I definitely didn't. Um, so kind of diving into a little bit of my background, um, I was fortunate enough to be a two-sport Division One athlete, um, decided to come out of high school, went to the Naval Academy, played soccer there for a year, uh, was kind of a little too immature, too, a little too rowdy, uh, wasn't down for the military life, so quickly decided. Bro, they uh, made you cut your out. luscious locks. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah, that wasn't going to fly in the Navy. Uh, so I made that quick decision and transferred about 45 minutes up the road to Towson University, um, where I played football for three years. Um, and then decided not to play my senior year. Um, and then oddly enough, was still looking to kind of compete in sports. Um, I saw the sport of bobsled on TV and I just remember the announcer saying a lot of track and football players get into it. So I was like, man, I've always been fast and, uh, you know, I played football. So, uh, you know, I just emailed the coach at the time and this is back where like day of before social media was big, um, sent the coach an email after looking at the combine numbers online and was like, Hey, you know, how does one get into bobsled? So invited me up to a combine, uh, really had no idea what to expect, um, <laughs> Out of nowhere, kind of laid down some awesome numbers, got invited back to the next couple of stages, pushed championships, did well enough there, and then um, was fortunate enough to get invited onto Team USA's development team uh, back in 2011, um, and then worked my way up as high as Team USA 2, um, kind of had my name in the hat there for the 2014 Sochi Games, um, kind of had some, uh, some injuries, and then looking back on my training for what I know now, probably wasn't the smartest. I was kind of was just, you know, didn't have a coach. I was 23 years old at the time. Uh, so, you know, my approach, you know, seeing these other monster athletes in the gym, you know, uh, you know, squatting 550 for a triple, um, you know, it's pretty intimidating. So, you know, my method was like, I'm going to work hard. And how I'm going to do that is every single set, I'm just going to continually put more weight on the bar until <laughs> I can do it. Um, and I got very fast, very strong. Um, by about week eight, though, I was kind of tapped out. And then we tested around week 12 of the off offseason. Um, so numbers weren't where I wanted them to be. Um, and then, yeah, after that quad decided to step away from bobsled, um, got into coaching. Man, I've worked at private sector gyms as a personal trainer, um, kind of done a little bit of everything. And then really kind of got my uh, got my foothold uh, when I came and worked at Mary Washington. Um, you know, that story started off as a, a volunteer intern and then kind of the way the, you know, the cookies crumble got offered the assistant position there um, and then kind of just been pushing forward from there. So, um, you know, definitely not the traditional route. Um, I guess I was, you know, blessed to have some, some natural athleticism that kind of carried me, uh, you know, for the better part of my 20s. Um, and then kind of figured out things. On oh, it's own. still okay. there. Don't lie. I saw, I <laughs> yeah, remember you very watching did You hit like that 39 inch vert. I was like, good God, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. You know, every now and then I can pull out like a party trick and, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but you know, those times are getting far and few in between. So, um, but yeah, man, I mean, that's kind of how I got into things. Fell in love with sports. I mean, I've always loved sports as a kid. Um, now I fell in love with training. And, you know, I love being around athletes. And, you know, this is the way I see that I'm going to be able to be around sports, help impact, uh, you know, athletes. And I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, just instill my life experiences, some of my lessons in education on, on younger people, whether that's coaches, athletes, general population, 
Um, so, you know, I think coaching is just a form of teaching and I'm, I'm excited to be in this field. Yeah. And that's why I always, I always thought we, thought we vibe very well at Mary Wash for the, for the brief time we were together there. Um, I really felt like you didn't care who was in front of you. And I think this is something that I learned from you, to be honest, like you didn't care who was in front of you. You were going to give it your all. And, and, and it was, they were going to be important to you, whether they were a good athlete or not a good athlete. Um, you know, whether they were just a gen pop person or an athlete, like you, you invested the same amount of interest in them. And I think I always did that too, but I didn't get as fired up about someone that maybe wasn't an athlete. Um, and now I think that's changed a lot. And you were one of the reasons for that. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that stuff can be impactful. I mean, I remember, you know, my first team I got was the equestrian team and I kind of took that on as like a challenge, you know, cause like you hear like the little, you know, little murmurs amongst like the student athletes. They're like, you know, why does the equestrian team get to use the varsity gym? They're not a real sport. Um, you know, I kind of took that as like a personal offense, you know, it's my team I'm training. I want them to do great. I want them to perform. Um, you know, even if it's, you know, a sport, not a sport, you know, something that's important to them. So, you know, if they're going to show up and give me the time, um, you know, I'm going to do the same thing the other way, show up, give them a hundred, hundred percent of what I got that day. Um, and I look back, you know, I think that was one of the most exciting teams I've ever trained or been around. I think, you know, those people really took, you know, my uh, investment in them seriously. And I think, you know, a lot of those girls, you know, made some amazing strides. Um, yeah. And I think that's just, you know, like coaching in general, you give people your time, your attention, um, I know you did a lot of work on the tack when I listened to your last podcast about building those relationships, just, you know, getting to learn someone by the first name and not their last name or the number on the back of their jersey. Um, you know, that stuff goes a long way, especially when yeah. we, want, we want them to work hard for us, um, whether it's in the field or in the weight room. Yeah, 100 percent, man, 100 percent. I, I, I could not agree more. Um, yeah, I, dude, that was the other thing I was going to mention with your with your athletic background. I think we see a lot of. Um, <clears throat> athletic departments and whatnot that want to hire people with your type of athletic background, which I don't think is a good or a good or a bad thing necessarily. It really depends on whether the person's invested in doing the things we just talked about, whether or not they're, they're willing to teach and be present and be consistent and further and deep in their knowledge in the field of strength and conditioning. And um, I feel like a lot of times athletes just kind of get in on the name to the fact that they're an athlete. And then after that, like we don't see, a progression in learning or a progression of character as a coach or teacher or leader that we need from them. And they got in, you know, for the reason that they're an athlete. And, and I never saw that with you, you know, I never saw that with you at all. You, I think you, like you said, you've gotten a lot smarter in the last couple of years inside. I've known you, you doubled down in your education. And I think that's very powerful. I think that's honestly the most important thing, whether you are an athlete or not, you know? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, well, yeah, man, no, uh, I did have, I did have a, a, one other question for you, uh, before we get into, before we get into, um, you know, where you're going from here and whatnot, but I need to yeah. know the, the second best NBA player in your opinion behind Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. So, so we're, we're already putting Michael at one, one a, um, so yeah. So, so Jack knows my stance on this, um, you know, whether if I'm in the minority, the majority, I'm not sure where we're at at this point, but, uh, I definitely got LeBron. LeBron's been my favorite athlete, man, uh, since I was 13. I got to see him play in the Jordan Classic, which is like the B game to like the McDonald's All-American game. Uh, they had that at the MCI Center. That's how long ago it was. If you remember the Verizon Center in D.C., it was called the MCI Center. Um, yeah, I got to see LeBron play there, man. Favorite athlete ever. Hands down, he's the GOAT. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, second best player, man, currently in the NBA. Uh, off the top of my head, if he's not injured and comes back healthy, Kevin Durant. But if not him, um, I'll go with Kawhi Leonard. Dude, Kawhi's my guy. You know that. I love yeah, Kawhi. Yeah, man. He's tough. He's tough. <laughs> um, uh, but no, yeah, yeah. I had to throw that in there. That was definitely one of my prepared questions. I was like, I got to throw a little shade at the, uh, the LeBron thing. We used to get in like such hellish arguments about that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Things were looking good this season, and now and then it got canceled. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, it, it really did. It was going to be the Clippers or the Lakers for sure, I yeah. think. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, the last couple years, what do you think – you've learned or improved upon the most in terms of be it your coaching or, or personally or anything like that. And, you know, just, just developmental wise. Man, I think, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the educational piece, you know, taking the, you know, these college classes, getting to workshops. Um, I've learned a lot about nutrition. Um, so I think, you know, the biggest thing for me was just broadening my horizons of, you know, it's today's day and age just to be a strength guy is only going to get you so far. Um, so diversifying yourself in that, you know, becoming a strength guy, becoming a speed guy. I'm not saying that, you know, you need to kind of have your hands in everything, but, you know, be knowledgeable on, you know, multiple things, have a sound understanding of nutrition and see how that plays into performance. Um, you know, get into like mindfulness, you know, I'm, I'm also a yoga instructor as well. Um, you know, that has a lot of benefits. Um, so I think, you know, just a diversifying what you're learning about, um, I think is the biggest thing. Um, and then being true to yourself, you know, um, you know, being your own coach, I think, you know, it's important to kind of take little bits and pieces of other coaching profiles that you like. Um, but, you know, you're really going to go so far just being true and genuine to yourself. Um, so that's kind of, you know, two answers. Um, and I think third one, bonus one, just because it really meant a lot to me is, um, you know, com being having the ability to com compartmentalize things. Um, you know, for me, I had a long task to I, finding out if I was going to get into grad school or being ready to apply for grad school. And that rose a long road. And if you've looked at it like a marathon, you know, all the way through at one time, it was going to be a little bit overwhelming, but if you can compartmentalize, break things down, it's a small achievable task or goals. Um, and then you just have that ability to cross through them or check them off as you do that. Um, you know, that can really build some momentum as you're moving through, whether that's school, your training program, whatever it may be. Um, Going forward, what do you what do you what are your hopes in in grad school, uh, just in general? Yeah, man. So uh, I've kind of decided right now, like I I want to go the PhD route and uh, you know become a professor, get into to education, academia at the college level. Uh, so I think the big things for me is you know talking to Phil, communicating that with him, uh, outlining the steps I need to do to get there. Um, one of the the perks of the the grad assistant position at ODU is they're going to let me off let me teach three of the undergraduate labs. Uh, so I'll get to, you know, get, get some teaching experience in front of undergraduate students, being able to ask those questions, get immersed into that educational. Um, and then kind of just from there, you know, for me, it's kind of geographically, um, you know, I know kind of where certain pockets in the country that I want to live. So, you know, after completing this graduate program, you know, working with, you know, my professors and advisors, reaching out to other university <laughs> Um, and then trying to find, you know, a good PhD program that might work for me there. Any areas of research, like, interesting you for that? Or is it too too uh, far man, in the future? Yeah, I would say as far as areas of research, it's probably a little too far in the future. Like, broad topics, I kind of know what I'm interested in. I just don't know, like, how how I would apply it. 
Um, you know, I want to really try to bring like that mindful piece into like sports performance. And I know a lot of that's being done now. Um, and then, you know, another of my big interests is kind of just like outdoor, uh, you know, at hiking, through hiking stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, when so, are you gonna when are you gonna hike the Appalachian Trail? You've been talking about that for years, man. Man, right? That's what happens. Like before I did all this, I was just, you know, a, a bum living life, enjoying life, and I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> now, like, you know, taking school and working and stuff, and that takes up my time. So um I don't know, man. That's kind of that's kind of on hold right now. But uh um, you know, I, I still listen to the to Appalachian Trail books and podcasts and <laughs> you know, just keeping that dream alive. Why did you pick, dude? You you've been in the West Coast now for a while. Why are you picking the East Coast one when you got this sick shit out here to go do? I know, man. I, I I'm honestly probably gonna have to revisit that now that I've been out here for two years in Colorado. Uh, you know, the AT is looking a little less appealing. I might have to go do something like the PCT or yeah, uh, the Continental uh, Divide, yeah. something like that, man. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I've definitely been uh, you know living the outdoor life out here in Colorado. Um, just got back from Sedona and the Grand Canyon and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, learning, lifting, adventuring, you know, just trying to stay busy. Bro, you're better than me, man. I haven't, I don't, I, I don't mind the outdoors. This is, this is my thing. Though. This is the issue. I'm going to tell you the issue right now. I have no experience like doing any of the things that you need to do to like, you know, have a nice time in the outdoors, like in terms of camping, like I can hike, like hiking is fine. Sure, sure. But like camping, backpacking, I need someone to kind of show me the ropes at some point. I can't, hey, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're like that guy that's like in the gym, you know, deadlifting for the first time, backs rounded, ripping the weight off the ground. It's, it's that, happening. It's outdoors. happening. It's just not pretty to look at. You know? It's true. It's true. But at least he's doing it. At least he's doing it. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, when all this quarantine stuff's over, come out to Colorado and, uh, you know, we'll get in a few hikes and, uh, you know, do some fun stuff like that. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, maybe we'll do an overnight or you can show me what's going on, you know? I got you, man. I got you. We can cuddle up up in, uh, you know, the car tent. And, and that's really what I wanted. <laughs> that's really what I wanted. You know this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all you gotta do is ask. <laughs> Oh man. Oh, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you and I meant to ask you it earlier. You were talking about um just training like an asshole while you were uh, while you were in USA bobsled. And um obviously we know chronic bouts of extent, you know chronic bouts of extended periods of stress we're going to end up in a position where we get compromised like that and the performance dips uh because of overtraining, overreaching, whatever it is we want to say. Sure. Um I will ask you cuz you you are like, you know, so, so athletic and yet you still can express strength and all that other stuff. Do you feel in your personal opinion, it doesn't have to be grounded in any science or anything like that. Uh, the mechanical tension we're getting from lifting, do you feel that it helps or hinders the, your springiness? Like, cause you're just a, you're just a fast twitch dude, man. Man, like I said, uh, not based on science. I think it helps. Like, um granted I, I hope when i get into this grad program i can dive down to some of the science and you know i've been reading some of the literature out there and stuff like that so maybe i'm wrong but i i remember kind of doing like my own little trial at mary washington um working on that on that vert on the jump mat was you know i would do you know like light power uh you know whether it was like you know a light weighted jump or like a light clean pull and then immediately go from there onto the jump pad and perform a vertical and, you know, I would hit like 35, 36 on like the jump pad. And then I was playing around with like heavy, heavy deadlifts, like 90, 92%, just like singles. Um, 
So, you know, pulling like 490 and then I hop, would hop on the jump pad and that's when I hit like 39.8. So like, I think there is some, something to it with like that mechanical tension. If it's, you know, not done too often. Um, but I don't know, man, I have to play around with that a bit more and, you know, what, I don't know. I'd like to hear your thoughts either now or offline on that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, I've been thinking a lot about this recently because we just, we're seeing, I think we're seeing a real shift away from, you know, some of the strength is everything type culture that we've propagated for a long time. I think, sure. I think being able to apply force and, and use tension and uh, move with intent through something that's hard is a good thing. But I think if we start, and again, this is very individualized. The more I'm reading this, it seems like everybody's structure, their, their chemical makeup, their bioenergetics, what's happening with their oxygen utilization and delivery. Like all these things are playing a factor in what's going on from a physiological perspective when we lift heavy weights. But I do think if we go to that heavyweight well, a lot of times we end up in a position where eventually the amount of force we're able to produce through that just really isn't conducive to being an athlete, to running fast or to being fluid. Um, because that mechanical tension, I think it comes at a cost. I think everything we're doing comes at a cost. Sure. And at some point, something, you know, whatever we choose to do, if we choose to rely on that more than other modalities to an extreme, we're either going to get hurt because of overuse or we're going to hinder some other uh, component of our athletic performance, you know? Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And like, not to just counter your, you know, very scientific answer with like something super simplistic, but I kind of look at it, you know, on like that short term training on like, if you remember like those video games where like either like you had like the turbo or like you like, like had like your special and it was like, like the longer like you held like the R2 button, you would like deplete your turbo. Yeah. Where it's just like, you, you have to be smart about it. Whereas it's like, if you're that person that's just like holding it, your guy's going to get dead ass tired and start walking. But if you can be like methodical about it and like tap it at the appropriate times, and then you're not really ever depleting that turbo charge, you know, you're letting it go down to 70%, but then you're letting it get back up to 90, yeah. you're working down to 82 and you're being smart about that. I think that's when it can be like beneficial. Um, and then again, you know, I think that plays into like the individual because like if you treat everyone the same, one person, you know, might deplete their turbo where the others, you know, is doing great. Yeah. Um, I think that's where like the individualized, um, you know, programming or thought process really comes into play. Well, you got to remember too, then some of these dudes have 99 speed. Some of them have 75 speed. That's, right. the, that's the other end of the coin. Like we got to use our juice wisely, but everybody's got a different amount of juice for whatever physical characteristic we're talking about. That's a very good analogy. I like that a lot. Very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah man. Um, so before I let you go, anything you want to plug? Anything in particular that that's, uh, you need the people to know about? Man, uh, you know, I'm not too much on the social media. i uh, kind of just been hunkering down. But if you do want to give me a follow uh, on Instagram, K-I-V-E-S-S, with two S's, so K-I-V-E-S-S, and then the number six, um, you can find me there. Um, you know, feel free to DM me, ask me any questions. I know we talked a lot about um, kind of like coaching development, how I got to where I'm at and the direction I'd like to head. Um, so any younger coaches, if you're out there and you have questions or just like to connect, um, you know, feel free to reach out. Um, otherwise, you know, that's kind of my, my main means of uh, social media these days. Sounds good, man. Dude, thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, and we'll definitely, you know, we got to check in in a little bit once you figure out what you want to do, uh, research wise. So you can, you can, we can nerd out about some, uh, some cool shit. So. Yeah. Sounds good, Jack. I appreciate the time, man. Thanks for having me on. And I look forward to listening to your podcast moving forward, man. Thanks brother. Appreciate you.